The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to Matthew. Glory to you, Lord Christ. Once more, Jesus spoke to them in parables, saying, The kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who gave a wedding banquet for his son. He sent his slaves to call those who had been invited to the wedding banquet, but they would not come. Again, he sent other slaves, saying, Tell those who have been invited, Look, I have prepared my dinner. My oxen and my fat calves have been slaughtered, and everything is ready. Come to the wedding banquet. But they made light of it and went away, one to his farm, another to his business, while the rest seized his slaves, mistreated them, and killed them. The king was enraged. He sent his troops, destroyed those murderers, and burned their city. Then he said to his slaves, The wedding is ready, but those invited were not worthy. Go, therefore, into the main streets and invite everyone you find to the wedding banquet. Those slaves went out into the streets and gathered all whom they found, both good and bad. So the wedding hall was filled with guests. But when the king came in to see the guests, He noticed a man there who was not wearing a wedding robe, and he said to him, Friend, how did you get in here without a wedding robe? And he was speechless. Then the king said to the attendants, Bind him hand and foot, and throw him into the outer darkness, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth, for many are called, but few are chosen. The Gospel of the Lord. In the name of the God who invites us to the banquet. Amen. Amen. In today's parable, a precursor to the television show, What Not to Wear, (laughs) we learn that if we show up at the great wedding celebration of the kingdom of God dressed incorrectly, we will be thrown into the outer darkness. As Jesus' earthly ministry comes to an end, his kingdom of God parables are getting more urgent, more exaggerated, more extreme, and more shocking. In this one, the king invites guests to a wedding, but they snub him, so he tries again, and they kill his messengers, so he kills them. And then he opens the doors wide to anyone and everyone, which is lovely. This is the kingdom of God that we like to hear about. But then one guest is underdressed and gets thrown out. And not just thrown out, but ethically thrown out. The kind of thrown out where there is weeping and gnashing of teeth. I think Jesus wanted us to understand something about the kingdom of God and the part we play in it. Often I hear people wondering if he was talking about the kingdom of God that we sometimes call heaven, or the kingdom of God made manifest here and now. I seldom claim to have solid answers, but I think the solid answer to this question is yes. Yes, that kingdom Yes, this one. Yes. 
And there is something important about dressing ourselves for the kingdom that we prepare for and the kingdom that we help make manifest here. Something that we learn a bit about throughout today's scripture. In our collect, we pray that God's grace may always precede and follow us, that we may continually be given to good work. In other words, that we may be wrapped in grace and clothed in good works. The Old Testament story reminds us of the time that the Israelites lost faith in God, or one of the times that the Israelites lost faith in God. And this time, when they lost faith, they took their earrings out. I don't know what their earrings symbolized to them. I tried to do a little research on that, and apparently no one really knows. But I do know that they wore their earrings when they were in relationship with God. And they removed them when they fell out of relationship with God. They removed them to make an idol out of them. I have this vision of each Israelite removing his or her halo and throwing it into a cauldron where, in the words of the psalmist, they exchanged their glory for the image of an ox that that feeds on grass. Our epistle today tells us to focus on whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is pleasing, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, and if there is anything worthy of praise, focus on these things. What if we clothe ourselves in these things? In truth, honor, justice, purity, things that are pleasing and commendable and excellent and worthy of praise. What would that look like? And as we dress ourselves in the things of God, it may be good to ask what it is that we are dressing for. Yesterday, I went to St. Peter's Church in Weston to celebrate the Eucharist for their Saturday service. As people entered... Someone asked why I was there, and I said I was there to celebrate. And one woman asked, what are you celebrating? (laughs) What indeed? What is this celebration that we dress ourselves for? It is a celebration of life, of the gifts that we have been given, of creation, a celebration of the kingdom in our midst, of our ministries, our relationships, a celebration of the kingdom to come and of movements to and from here and hereafter, births and deaths and transitions. On Friday, our new bishop, Alan Gates, sent us a letter letting us know that Bishop Tom is now in hospice care. Bishop Allen asks us to pray for Bishop Tom and his caregivers during these last days of his life. In Weston last night, we were talking about Tom and his ministry and his faith, 
his faith in God, and his faith in the kingdom. Someone there said that he had had lunch with Tom just a few days after Tom was diagnosed with brain cancer. And Tom had actually seemed excited. He had said that he would be simply transitioning to another phase of his being when he died, and that he looked forward greatly to that next phase. Here and now, he said, he could only spend a little time with each of the people he cared about. But in the life to come, he didn't see any reason that he couldn't be with all the people that he cared about all the time. I think maybe Tom gets it, this thing about celebration and about the limitlessness of the kingdom. This is why, even while we grieve, every funeral is an Easter celebration. And we dress for it in white, surrounded by flowers and song and loved ones. So again I ask, is this talk of dressing for the kingdom about the kingdom on earth or the kingdom of heaven? And again I say yes, yes both. Yes, because when we dress ourselves and our world for the kingdom of God here and now, we not only prepare ourselves for the kingdom to come, but we close the gap between material and spiritual worlds. We intermingle with the community of saints that has gone before. We commune with the resurrected and ascended Christ, with the king of the kingdom, and with our truest selves, who were made to be beautifully dressed in God's love. And speaking of things that are beautifully dressed, I think this is the time of year that God gives us a visual reminder of the beauty of transition from one part of the kingdom to an even more brilliant part. The trees right now are dressed in such brilliant color. You can actually see it beautifully through this window now. I noticed during the first part of our service, the red through the blue and purple. The other day as I drove back roads between Arlington and Concord, the colors and the floating raining leaves that drifted down on the road and whipped across my path on the wind took my breath away. They brought me to tears, both because they were beautiful and because I found myself already grieving the loss of the leaves and the bareness of winter to come. I have come to believe that autumn is God's way of showing us the beauty of death. And once the trees are bare, we will see the beauty of light no longer blocked out by full branches. Another natural phenomenon that reminds us of the beauty of the kingdom and the light of eternity. So I don't think Jesus' parable is so much about wearing the wrong thing and being thrown into darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. I think it's about being clothed in the things of our creator, 
the things of Christ, the things of the Spirit, so that we are ready when each day, in any given moment, and again at the end of our lives, we are thrown into the inner light where we can see and know and join in, not with weeping and gnashing of teeth, but with singing and dancing of feet.